Alright guys, welcome to episode 27 of the Kenny for Your Thoughts podcast. The podcast where if I sound a little bit hoarse, it's because I just drove through Tampa singing in sync with my cousin from London, Brandon. How is the Londoner? He's good, man. Uh, actually, I actually missed like watching like SmackDown, essentially, because he was in town. So I did what you did, which is just read the spoilers, and, and now I'm going to basically comment on them real from a you know a point of view where i'm like you know this show sucked and i didn't even see it hey god save the queen wade barrett's coming back where is ray bear i wonder what uh barrett's up to these days wade barrett if you're around please please come on our podcast we miss That's you right buddy. you know what we even made some merch the bad news, your, the that's bad right. news branded. <laughs> right, it's branded. They're enchanting it. It was, went viral somewhere. <laughs> right. It, it might have been the Mania Crawl d- dudes. We don't know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, definitely went viral. is pretty funny. We'll, we'll probably have to post that video sometime. I'll post it on the Instagram. But, guys, I mean, uh, before we get too deep into things, I just wanted to let you all know that we have a guest a little bit later. Um, a pretty good interview that we did the other night. Um with the bowl cut kid, AKA Mr. Charles Lyon and uh, Brandon. I mean, you tell me your thoughts on the interview. Let's go ahead and you don't have to say details, but go ahead and give the fans something to expect here. Look, it was pretty hype. I'm not going to lie. Oh Probably yeah. One of the hypest episodes slash guests we've had. Um, this dude, he, he's a fan, man. He, he's a fans fan, a real fan. He's got a real passion for uh the product man the rest yeah, of the it's, product it's, it's kind of crazy like um we talked about it later after the episodes like I, I i don't know about you i had trouble sleeping because we we had like uh maybe like four hours like four hours but like two hours of, of technical difficulties we by the time we finished the podcast it was like 2 a.m and i had trouble sleeping because of how hype the guy was during his interview he's got a very infectious personality so guys i'm super excited for you to hear the interview um that's coming on later in this episode very, very good stuff. He even hit some very insightful things about this world. It's just all around a good guy. And we're definitely going to have him on for another interview just because we like him so much. And uh, I might spoil something that happens later, but that's okay. Um, so let's get into this weekend wrestling, Brandon. We're going, we're, you know, a couple weeks away from WrestleMania here. Um, so wait, we still got what, two more shows? Yeah, we got two more shows. Uh, we, we all officially have tickets, by the way. We have officially have tickets for WrestleMania. So we are definitely going now, 100%. And Brandon paid for that with his own money and told me I didn't have to pay him back. You know, I knew he was going to do this. He was going to guilt me and did not want my money back. But you know what? I'm going to stay the course. With all, think- with, with all the orange soda I've given you over the years. Come I on. He's been tallying it up over the years. We're keeping tabs. And now he's just gonna cancel out. It's he's bought <laughs> thousands of dollars worth of soda over the years. Brandon, Brandon was trying to buy us tickets in the uh, in the five hundred section, and I said, Brandon, it only goes up to three hundred. So that's how cheap Brandon is. Is that he was trying to buy the furthest thing he possibly could have? I said at that at that point, we might as well just watch it on the WWE Network for nine ninety nine. That's you know what we probably could have done that, right? We could have done that pub crawl. And just watched it at a pub somewhere. It's mania crawl. Sorry, Jamie, mania I'm crawl. Correct this guy every time he says it. It is mania crawl. Jamie Mazowskis, the creator of mania crawl. So we're gonna get to see him in Hoboken on 
uh, WrestleMania Sunday, which is pretty cool. Just like we promised on a couple episodes ago, man. Episode 23 to be exact. <laughs> so I'm, I'm super hyped for that, Brandon. Are you hyped? Because you seem like you're falling asleep. You seem like you need a delicious cup of coffee from Ethos Coffee Roasters. And if you would like to save 10% off your order, <laughs> what face was that? Uh, but if you'd like to save 10% off your face, your, right, the ethos face, 10% off your order, use code don't sleep and go ahead and order some coffee so you don't look like Brandon. Brandon, people like you shouldn't be on this podcast. So should we go into the whole people like you comment from Vince McMahon? Let's go into it. I think it's great. <laughs> We're gonna we're we're gonna jump around right now because we, we we got only got twenty minutes before we can get into this interview. So I mean, let's talk about Kofi Kingston, man. Hell of a gauntlet match. Because actually, I lied to you because I I got up to the gauntlet match on SmackDown, but I just didn't finish it. So from what I read on the on the uh, the gauntlet match, though, it was amazing. I mean, we're we're talking like a super heel heat. I did see the a clip of the final part of it. Um, super heel heat for Samoa Joe uh, later on in the event. I mean, Kofi Kofi kind of. You know, it was cool. It was building, building, building. And then, of course, the final, you know, the final couple of matches, it was just to the point where it was at a fever pitch for Kofi Kingston. And he finally won. Like, he beat everybody. And I think the last guy, if I'm correct in saying this, it wasn't the last guy he beat Randy Orton, beat which was Randy Orton. which was great. So at that point, everyone's celebrating. Everyone's like, oh, crap, Kofi's going to Kofi Kingston. And he rectified it because, you know, he beat the guy who called him stupid. And, uh... All of a sudden, Vince McMahon comes out and he puts one last obstacle in place and says, you have to beat the WWE champion to go on to WrestleMania. And out comes Fave 5, D. Bryan. Well, D. Bryan was already at ringside, wasn't he? Because he was you know, doing this match. But um, yeah, it's just and it's so crazy to think that, you know, a mere five years ago, Daniel Bryan was in the Kofi Kingston position. And he was the one that was trying to face the authority and the one that was trying to win his place to WrestleMania. Remember, he had to fight Triple H at WrestleMania 30 to even be able to get into the match. So it's so funny how, you know, in terms of career arc, you know, it's no coincidence, you know, but Daniel Bryan saying Kofi Kingston's a B-plus player. Same exact <laughs> verbiage Stephanie McMahon used on him. And, Can we you get know, some B-plus player uh, merch? Listen, let's do it. Kenny, for your thoughts, the B the B plus podcast. <laughs> That's right. We have to go through a gauntlet where we face other podcasts to try to get you know the main podcast slot at WrestleMania. Hey, we're better than average, huh? That's pretty good. A little bit, ever so slightly. But <laughs> in all seriousness, man, uh, this was this was just great, man. I'd like I actually like it's one of those things where I, I'm kind of weird out because I I feel like they I felt like they had jumped the shark on this stuff. But it's funny, like, I don't know, the way they did it with Daniel Bryan. And when he beat Kofi, it was like the loudest boo I've ever heard Daniel Bryan ever get. <laughs> and that goes back to, like, how talented he is because he's getting booed. Like, it's hard to think, like, this guy was the biggest fan favorite in the WWE at one point, And he's now the biggest heel in the WWE. But it was just, you know, very compelling television. This guy, it really pissed some people off. So, I mean, they're doing their job because, like, we know Kofi's going to get into WrestleMania, but it's like how, like, how many obstacles he's going to have to go through to get there. 
And so it's good TV. Yeah. Do you think they're going to do something with the New Day between now and Mania? With two weeks to go? I don't know. But it's ever since uh, Fastlane, they've been swerving us like crazy. So I don't know what to think. I don't want to say, like, I'm at a point where it's so funny. Like, I don't want to give you a definitive answer because I don't know. I don't know. They could. They could have the New Day turn. But, you know, you have Big E going on social media saying, like, oh, now I understand why why Vince said, you know, people like you or, like, what he meant by that. And so it's like you got them kind of getting a little more controversial with it, you know, without saying, like, race, you know, flat out saying it. But, you know, it's kind of crazy. Like, they're insinuating some stuff. And um, it's just building more and more, um, what's the word look for? Sympathy for Kofi Kingston. So, I mean... It's going to be a good moment when he wins that title, man. It really will. Because I there's no doubt in my mind that he's uh, winning the WWE title. But then again, Booker T was supposed to win at WrestleMania 19, wasn't he? Look, that's the thing. Like, what would you rather happen at Mania? You know, would you ha- rather have Kofi win or Seth Rollins or definitely Becky Kofi. Lynch? No, out of those three, definitely Kofi. I mean, Drew... Uh, the last time he was on this podcast, the last the last episode, he changed my mind, which is true. It's like we can get Becky Lynch getting the title the next night on Raw or, or on SmackDown, but Kofi needs that WrestleMania moment most out of those three. Uh, Seth Rollins has had a WrestleMania moment, you know, at WrestleMania 31. He doesn't need it. Becky Lynch is over like overly popular. We know she's going to get the title, but like if Kofi doesn't get the title in this feud and starts getting thrown back to the mid card, it's like, I don't know. I don't know if he'll ever get the chance again. And so it's like, I would rather him get the moment and finally just get the title so that no one can say Kofi Kingston hasn't won the big one. Another guy that's sort of been there for a little bit is now, you know, found himself in sort of a big time spot on the WrestleMania card. How about the Miz cutting a fire promo? How'd you feel about that? I mean, you're more of a Miz fan than I am, but how how do you feel about that whole babyface promo that he cut? I mean, I I just think it shows that he could do it both, man. He he could be, I think he could be a good face. He could be, you know, we already know he's next in a heel. You know, well, they that's just the need problem. to get the story elements right. That's the problem to me is like he he's been a he's been a babyface before and it didn't quite work. Um, he's on a better trajectory as a as a babyface now, from what I've seen. But yeah, he was. I don't think he's a very good baby face, but I'm hoping that he proves me wrong. Uh, we we saw a very, I mean, a decent promo. It wasn't like I didn't, I don't really buy it as much. I don't know, maybe <laughs> it was just me because it's the miss. Maybe that's it. It's just he's such a good heel that sometimes you don't believe him. Like it sounds weird. Like Kevin Owens, it's weird though. Kevin Owens, I, I buys a baby face right away because he did a very, very good promo. But this week, the Miz was kind of cutting a similar promo, but it wasn't as good as Kevin Owens. I think that's what the problem was. I think I was comparing it to Kevin Owens' promo from, what, last week or the week before, and I was just like, I don't think he hit it out of the park, you know? Uh, that's weird, man. I kind of like Miz's. Well, maybe that, that shows, yeah, and that shows bias. Maybe, maybe that shows yeah, bias maybe. on our end because yeah. I'm a bigger Kevin Owens fan and you're a bigger Miz fan. So it it's a Miz mark. That's, right. It's uh, and like And now, and it's kind of weird when you say it like that. It's like bias is a hell of a thing, man. It's like, if we're coming from a place of bias, it's like, you know, there's people who can't like Roman Reigns for anything. And there's people who, you know, can't, don't think that Roman can do wrong, you know? So it's like, you got to find that happy medium between the two. 
All right, Brandon. <laughs> Let's get in between some people, man. Make it happen. Oh, you definitely, you definitely would uh, get in between Roman Reigns, wouldn't you? Yeah. You know who else would like to get in between? How about Tamina? <laughs> that was probably my favorite transition uh, on the podcast so far. What wait, do you wait, think of wait, wait, no, no, yeah. hold on, hold on. How about we get yeah. between Tamina? That's right. Let's vote that. Hopefully, hopefully, people who are listening to this podcast understand what I just did. I think it was Money in the Bank 2017. I forgot who it was, but somebody told Tamina, like, I'm going to make you look like James Ellsworth. And then so she was coming with her. You know, you could tell it wasn't really scripted. And they were kind of doing a round robin of the women for the first Money in the Bank, women's Money in the Bank. And so Tamina grabs the mic. She looks all serious. And she's like, I'm going to make you look like James Ellsworth. And it was just like, you know, like, I, that was that was just said, Tamina. I don't want to blame her for that, man. They probably just tripped her out because they said it to her. And she like just sort of repeated back. Like maybe maybe accident. that's the problem. Maybe she had the line prepared yeah. in her head, and then it was said to her, and then she was like, "Ah, crap! I can't come it's up like, with anything else." Yeah, right. Maybe so somebody else like, screwed her up. Yeah, right. Yeah, maybe they weren't supposed to say the line, and she was supposed to, but they were just like, "Screw it." She's like, "Line." Right. So Tamina is the victim in all of this. But speaking of Tamina, let me let me see if I can pull this up real quick while we're talking on the podcast. Bernie, go ahead and pull up the talk about the segment, but I'm gonna pull something up here. All right, yeah. So I was basically just bringing up, you know, we have Sasha Banks and Bailey come out to take on the Iconics. I don't know. Iconics. I mean, I, well, what do you think they're going to do with the Iconics, man? I don't know if uh, well, I, no, I, mean, it, I like the it's Iconics. Obvious. It's obvious. I think, at least I think it is. Remember, I said my exact words were you have one team, you have a fatal four way or a round robin, whatever you want to call it, tag team match at WrestleMania where you have one Raw team, one SmackDown team, NXT team, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think we might be getting the NXT team now that we have the Legends team, so I at least see a uh, Beth Phoenix and Natalia. I see Tamina and uh, Nia Jax, and I see the Iconics. So, I kind of said eat the pinfall. What about Tamina? Tamina can eat the pinfall. <laughs> no way, man. Tamina... <laughs> You know, I think they need to give Tamina the belt, man. Here. Okay, here we go. So here's what I wanted to pull up, man. Tamina's Tamina Snooker right here. Yeah. And this was like directly after Fastlane. I'm going to read you the tweet. It says, welcome back, <laughs> Beth Phoenix at Fastlane. It was a pleasure stomping a mud hole in your ass after so long as your cat-loving mini-me, Natty. She's... <clears throat> and it, or sorry, and as for your cat-loving... I'm doing a Tamina promo, you hear me? And as for your <laughs> cat-loving mini-me... Natalia, she's better off going to play with her pussy. <laughs> Warning, stay fantastic. the hell out of her way. Hashtag Samoan Slaughterhouse. Hashtag Raw. Hashtag Dummies of Doom. And I'm like, where's this Tamina? Where the hell is this Tamina on WWE TV? Are they holding Tamina back? Because they keep giving Nia Jax the mic. Well, it's, it's not, like, I'm, you know what? Let, let Tamina do her thing. Tamina is definitely the Brandon Brown of the team. <laughs> They know where the money is, you know. They know where the money is. <laughs> they know where the money is. That's what it is. They're not letting Tamina shine. Tamina just wants to shine through. I mean, All you right, saw Brandon, it right there Brandon, in the tweet. Brandon, go ahead. Go ahead. Cut a promo, Tamina style promo for the podcast. Prove that you're not the Tamina of the team. 
Hey, listen here, little pussy cat. <laughs> the slaughterhouse is going fist deep. We're gonna take those titles. There we go. How about See, that? That proves why you're the Tamina of the <laughs> podcast. Like, what was that? What in the blue hell was that? Like, you you literally just kind of said what she said, but like put a different saying in it to try to seem clever. Look, all I'm saying is Tamita needs more mic time. You need a mic stand. Yeah. So, I'll probably buy one at some point. Right. Maybe you can lend her your yeah. microphone since you love Tamina so much. That's right. Tamina, <laughs> anyway, if you're listening, has 0% chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? Yeah, you know, I'm going to throw that out there because then she'll win. Tamina has 0% chance of winning the women's tag team titles. There we go. By yourself. You heard it here, folks. First, folks. That's right. For a record, I like Nia and Tamina. I think it's the best work Tamina's done in a while. Uh, so just for the record. Um, but we already covered Kofi, man. I mean, that was – we just gave our – we just blew our load right in the first five minutes of the podcast. I guess, right. yeah. Where do we go from here, Brandon? Oh, yeah. What did you think <laughs> of the um, the Kevin Owens show? The Kevin With Owens Becky show Lynch and, yeah. <laughs> and so Charlotte Flair. They did it right this week. Okay, I'm going to cover Ronda Rousey as well here. This is kind of what I was getting at. Remember, I said we don't need a segment on Raw and we don't need a segment on SmackDown. I think this week they did it correctly. Ronda had her own segment on Raw where it kind of established her as a dominant force. Her husband punched out a security guard. It was like a lot of chaos and mayhem. She tapped out Dana Brooke in like a couple seconds, hit a real arm bar on her, like pretty cool stuff, you know? And then of course the only guy that can calm her down, I shouldn't say guy, sorry. The only person that can calm her down period is her husband, Travis Brown kind of interjected and the guy interjected into the storyline, which is pretty cool. Um, How about Travis Brown? You think, uh, you think they'll put him in NXT? No, nothing like that. I don't, at least I don't think so. I don't. I don't sense that he wants to do that. But I could be wrong. Who knows? Um, especially if they're trying to start a family. I mean, I mean, yeah. I don't know. That's speculation, you know. But I thought it was cool that they did that, and then they relegated um, Becky and 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 Charlotte to SmackDown. So they had like separate interactions. So uh, this week, as opposed to like, I don't need to see the three of them together all the time. It'd be like cooler if they didn't touch again until Mania. You know what I mean? Like so that Ronda's talking shit on Raw. Becky and Charlotte, who are SmackDown superstars, are talking shit on SmackDown. And they ultimately meet again at Mania. I thought it was cool. I mean, it's always money when uh, when Charlotte and Becky Lynch are around each other. You know, they're real life friends, you know, so they they tend to go a little bit harder than most people would, you know. It's easier when it's your friend. I mean, I mean, look right. at this podcast. You know, you're my friend, and I get to call you anything I want. I mean, you always. I mean, call I me get to anything, I get yeah. to use your credit card. You know, to buy WrestleMania he tickets. Use my credit card. He buys black dildos. Can, can we talk about house. that? Brandon was pretty angry when I called for that credit card, even though that was the deal, mind you. He was pretty angry. He's like, "I'm busy, bro. Like, can't we do this tomorrow?" And I'm like, "No, like, just give me the card number. I'm doing it. I'm just typing it in." Is this always at the worst times? What were you doing? <laughs> call for the stuff. Were you were you uh, beating up little Brandon there? I'm like beating little Brandon. <laughs> I mean, they're trying to like have a bowl of cereal, you know. 
like away from the house and like wait, I had wait, a workout wait a or something. Wait a second. Wait a second. I'm like, what you is were this pissed guy off because right now? You were pissed off because you were eating a bowl of cereal and I interrupted. I'm just saying in general, this, this is what happens. And then it's like, hey, I need your credit card. It's like, <laughs> are you serious? Right yeah. now? You mean the credit card that we've already agreed on that like, it's hey, like, when I find a good deal on tickets, like just call you. Oh, that one. So so Brandon's not a man of his word. It's pretty much what's going on here. Because Brandon just told me, call me, like, call me. I'll read you the card number. Because Brandon doesn't trust me to have the card number. So he's like, you know, just call me and get it. So it's his fault that he's been inconvenienced because I could have had it and just typed it in and told him, like, hey, you know. It's like, hey, just give me a few hours here. <laughs> Let me finish up. I'll call you back. Look at the tickets. They're not going anywhere. And I told him. You know, I said some big stuff happening in Raw. You never know, but of course, yeah. nothing happened. On <laughs> nothing <Raw>. happened. <laughs> well, I was wrong. I, mean, I got rushed. I was wrong. I got and, rushed uh, for no reason. I mean, no Undertaker, no John Cena, which leads us into the next thing: Kurt Angle's retirement match. <laughs> yes, this is so awesome. I'm so glad. He I'm about to rage face like right now. Corbin for his at WrestleMania is so awesome. It's just the, the disappointment of the four oh, fans. Man. The collective Chicago. air that just, just like <laughs> yes. and like everybody, yeah, everybody oh, is deflated awesome. for the rest of the show. Even Kurt Angle didn't seem like sincere <laughs> yeah, when he was saying like, My opponent that I pick is Baron uh, Corbin. But, like, you know what? This is cool. You know, Baron Corbin, he isn't one of these, you know, indirect, you know, guys that's been around for a while. You know, he was he was playing football before. He's a guy, like, they brought in. They brought him up through a system. You know, he's, like, a WWE sort of created guy. This is cool that, you know, they're, they're giving him the push, and he's getting the rub from Kurt Angle. You know, Mania. You want new guys, right? He's a new guy, a newish. It's a heel. He plays a good heel. I mean, why not? See, usually Look, they gave you, Apollo Creed a match. Yeah, they, they get <laughs> not, uh, they not get at Mania, not at no. Mania for the final retirement match, and, and and it's one of those things where it's like I think it's because it's his retirement match. It's like I I don't feel like it should be like someone like Baron Corbin, and I mean I've heard that you know there's been a lot of uproar, and I've heard that WWE like okay. So my theory, which I posted on our Instagram, got a lot of likes, got like 167 comments. Like it was blowing up. And I put a picture of Kern Angle from Raw and said, do you think this is a swerve? Because I sense for some reason, I just sense like he's going to go out there, tap Baron Corbin out like 30 seconds and then grab a microphone and just say, no, 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 no. That's supposed to be my last match. I'm not going out like that because it was too easy, you know, and like I want some real competition. And I can see John Cena coming out because remember how John Cena debuted, which was Kurt Angle challenging somebody and then out he came. So it's like, I don't think it's a coincidence. I mean, we got Rey Mysterio. Okay, it was a rumor that John Cena might be fighting um Samoa Joe and he's not Rey Mysterio is for the, the United States title. It was rumored that he may face Drew McIntyre. No, he's not. Drew McIntyre is fighting Roman Reigns now. So now we have a situation where John Cena is not going to have a match. I don't think it's a coincidence. I just don't. I don't see it. I think it's something where Baron Corbin's going to tap. Out comes John Cena for the final, final match. I want Kurt Angle and Baron Corbin to go 30 minutes at Mania. <laughs> 
Let's talk about They're gonna the burn the half that. Right. Let's talk about matches going long at Mania. I'm gonna drop some news on you because there's rumors going around, Brandon. And I wanted I didn't want to text you. I wanted to see your reaction live on camera here. So let's get a nice little close up of your face here when I say this. All right, here we go. So Brandon, the rumor is that WrestleMania is starting at four o'clock this year. Which means whoa, 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 whoa. wait, four o'clock Eastern time, right? Eastern time. Why whoa, 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 why? Well, the rumor is we're getting a show that might be six, seven hours. Why are they doing this? What is this? What is this about? Which would mean the pre-show starts at two. <laughs> why why are they doing this? Why are they making it like an all-day thing now? Is this See, necessary? This is the thing. We Four hours big. tops. It was five when we went at 33. Which is a little excessive. I, I think four hours. Yeah, I'll never forget. I told my girl, I told my girl, I was like, we'll be home at midnight, you know, because I'm thinking at end 1030, we'll drive back midnight. We can get home to like three in the morning because of how long it was. It's crazy. And that was five hours. They got they got to find a way to trim this down. Like I want to, you know, it's good that everybody sort of gets to be on the show or you know a part of the. And that's event, kind of what I was going like, to Which is like, I don't know. We complain that like, oh, this guy's not on the show. This guy's not on the show. The, the roster is more stacked than it's ever been. So it's like the only positive I can see is like I understand that they want to give guys opportunities to be on the WrestleMania card, but then it becomes like, oh my god, we have to sit through that. And it's like, how how bad is it that like we're excited, we're going to WrestleMania? And we're like dreading the length of the show. That tells you right there. Yeah, I don't think we need to be there for right. We just need to show up at eight, seven. No, eight. we're gonna miss Baron Corbin's match if we <laughs> if we don't show up at four. Baron Corbin's gonna be on the main card. No, four is the main card. You're not understanding me. No, no, that can't be. They're gonna go four to eleven. You're not understanding me. Listen, count how many hours that that is. Uh, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Seven. No, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. But the four o'clock, that's got to be like pre-show nonsense. No, like I said, the pre-show is rumored to start at two. What? That's See, I, this is why I saved this for the podcast because I knew you would just flip shit and wouldn't understand. Like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> oh goodness. Well, Brandon. I guess let's, let's talk <laughs> it's like it's like a double header. Like I would have probably preferred if they had mania on Saturday and Sunday in two separate parts. Yeah, than to have, they split it know, up. It's that to have one long show. It's it's gonna be. I mean, we'll see. We'll we're gonna live tweet it. We're gonna you know be on Snapchat, Instagram, all social medias. So you'll get to see our frustration. I will definitely definitely post when Brandon's asleep. Because he will definitely gonna fall asleep. (laughs) There is zero percent chance that Brandon stays awake for seven hours of wrestling. All right, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna sleep, you know, four to like eight, and then I'll get up and then I'll be well rested. I should be able to make it through the rest of the card. (laughs) That's great. That's great. So why don't you just sleep in the car or something for the like the first half of the show? This is insane. I can't believe they're going this long. But again, it's just a rumor. I could, I mean, it's from what I'm hearing, but I've heard it from multiple places. Um, 
speaking of multiple places, we had Batista do an interview from Tampa, Florida. Apparently, his home in Tampa, Florida. In his office. In his office. Well, the oh, rumor yeah. was it was recorded last week when he was there. Um, but he interviewed and explained why, you know, he did what he did. And basically said something like, you know, when you have one of your buddies as your boss and he's jealous of you and he's jealous of everything you're capable of and and holds you down, of course you're going to quit. So I didn't quit. I just left because Triple H, you know, wasn't helping me out. And then basically said, I went and made my a name for myself and came back so he couldn't do crap to me. It's kind of ingenious. It's like the best heels are the guys who make a point and they have a point. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not a heel. When I tell you that Brandon's a piece of crap and he just treated me like that and I'm just lashing out because of it, it's true. That's right. If anybody understands how this guy feels, it's me. The Triple H as well, you know? They held down Triple H for five years. What? What are you talking about? Yeah. They held down Triple H back in his day. Oh, you're talking about when he was Hunter Hearst Helmsley. All right. That's right. But anyway, Bernie, have you seen the clip of uh, Seth Rollins beating down Drew McIntyre with the chair? Yes. Did you see the fan perspective clip? No. What happened on the fan perspective? All right. So I just saw the to... one where he's hitting him with the chair. Right. We're going to have to show it right here. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's a brutality. Stop it. Oh, my God. So, Brandon, <laughs> so Brandon, what do you notice? What stands out on that clip after you watch it? Well, one, I really like the guy like commentating. <laughs> He's like, oh, the brutality. Oh, my God. But, the, right. yeah, I do like the camera guy, you know, yes. moving the camera, like, having every chair <laughs> shot. <laughs> He's, like, literally just throwing his head. Yeah. And then the, the other thing to note, or the last thing to notice, the third thing, is Drew McIntyre himself doing his little like legs out yeah <laughs> oh man it's just it's just <laughs> hilarity it's just hilarity all around it's a pretty funny clip it's too um, violent Hashtag way too violent. too violent i shouldn't have even shown it on this podcast i apologize guys oh man and if you're not watching the video version of the podcast you missed it please join us every sunday when i yeah. drop the video version but actually nowadays i've been dropping it saturday night as a little bonus for everybody so sometimes pay attention saturday night i might just feel froggy and drop it and jump on instagram live to watch it yeah. with you this clip right? is not not safe for work not safe for work guys yeah, so. except if you work where brandon works yeah <laughs> all right well i mean anything else you want to talk about or should we get into this interview brandon um uh, well i think I think Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns. No, have a five star classic. Jose, no, wait, Jose. I just <laughs> like his new hair, so sorry. I wanted to talk about that. Go ahead. No, no way, Jose. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Uh, no, but that's about it. I just wanted to put that out there. Drew McIntyre is fighting Roman Reigns, so that's going to be a, a good one, actually. Now that's a matchup I, I wanted to see. Yeah, I, I was going to say I don't think it's going to be a squash match now. So I take back what I said because Corbin would have been a squash match, but you know this is a really competitive match because you got two guys who are on the top of their game. Um, right. It's like where do you go with this? You know, you want Roman Reigns to win or you want Drew McIntyre to win? Like you know, what do you do? So I'm really excited to see that. But he's stunned, you know. But Brandon, it's it's about that time. Oh yeah, I think right now. We should get to a really, really exciting interview. 
with Mr. Charles Lyon, aka the Bowl Cut Kid. Whether you not whether or not you know who that is, please listen to this interview. It is very compelling stuff, and I'll go on record as saying it might have been my favorite interview ever. His energy is off the charts. We recorded at our, he lives in California. We recorded here, uh, Eastern time. So we were recording at like 1 a.m. And because his energy was so high, our energy was up here too, even though we were tired as all hell. And uh, I can't thank him enough. He was very gracious, um, very good guest, man. But without further ado, I could talk him up all night. Let's get to the interview with Mr. Charles Lyon, aka the Rage Face Bowl Cut Kid. Candy foe, your thoughts? Right. Let me tell you, Gorilla. Gorilla, they've been waiting all day for this. <laughs> Let's get to our interview portion of the podcast. I've been really excited to interview this guy. You may know him as the Rage Face Bowl Cut Kid, a.k.a. Mr. Charles Lyon. We have him here finally, dude. We've been trying to get you on the podcast for how long now? Uh, quite some time, bro. And I was trying to grow, uh, regrow that bowl cut for your show. And uh, my hair is just really thick, bro. One day I'll be sporting that bowl cut, but you're just going to put up with my fade until then. And uh, to Brandon and to you, Kenny, thanks for having me on. Um, yes. I'm just glad that we were. We, I'm, I'm just glad that uh, we were able to make this happen. Look, it's still a solid haircut. You got a head full of hair. This is exciting. Right. And guys, if you wonder if you're wondering why he's in his car, he's actually on his way to a Hollywood backlot brawl as we speak right now. So he's gonna beat someone's ass in the Roddy Piper style. He's on the way right now. Cause I am a jet flying, SUV driving, skirt chasing, whiskey drinking, son of a gun. This is the most energy I've ever seen in the podcast, and I love it. I mean, for right now, we're recording at in our time right now. It's twelve twenty one, and we're still amped because you're so freaking just such a fan, dude. You still got the passion to this day, and I love that about you, man. That's right. Well, I appreciate that, and what I love uh, since we're giving each other compliments, um, I am very surprised about how down to earth you, Kenny, and you, Brandon, are um, as hosts, and how, how humble you've been throughout this whole process, how patient you've been throughout this whole process. So I just want to put this out there right now. Um, whatever your dreams are, whatever your, your, both of your ambitions are, I hope you all reach it. Um, uh, because you both, uh, have great hearts and great personalities. And it's just been a pleasure to, uh, to meet you, the both of you and, and to be on the show with you. Oh, like that's not putting us over like this. I know. Man. I was gonna you're say, gonna, you're gonna make me cry right now, honest, man. And and likewise, man. I just I just want to say, like you know, I've never met someone whose thoughts are so unfiltered in such a good way. Like everything you say, you can tell you mean from the heart. And the fact that like you're like, hey, you know, I might. I hear you all are going to WrestleMania. I want to come with you. It's like just you know, you don't really know us as much, but like you're willing to like take a chance on some strangers and come to WrestleMania because you think we're cool guys. Like that means a lot to us, man. And, and the fact that you know things you've said before we went on air, you know, I won't repeat them for for our audience right now. But you know, just you're an awesome guy as well, man. And it's so cool to know that like as a little kid when I was six years old, I saw you as a teenager. You know, mid '90s WWF, WCW, ECW. And like, here I am in 2019, you're on my podcast. Like, that's kind of crazy, like how life works sometimes, man. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, so let's, I mean, let, let's get it started, man. This episode's about you. 
All right. So the first thing I want to ask, because I think Brandon was ready to, with this question. Brandon, you had <laughs> asked me this. Uh, like I knew the answer for some reason. So why don't you go ahead and ask him yourself? Right. Yeah. Uh, this may be a little out of order, but I just wanted to know who is your favorite wrestler? Favorite wrestler. Uh, are you talking about right now? Or are you just talking about in general since uh, I've been a fan to now? Yeah. 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 Both. Yeah. Give us both. So my favorite wrestler um, in general, um, day in, day out, I can watch uh, uh, their match morning, noon, and night, Brett the Hitman Hart. Um, I liked how versatile he was. I liked the fact that he was able to be in the ring with pretty much anyone and could make them look good. Um, you look at the story with him and the British Bulldog at SummerSlam 92, it just speaks to how brilliant Brett the Hitman Hart was. And then ultimately he carried the title. And, and in large part, I think he's he's been underrated. I mean, he um, carried the belt um, when the WWE was growing out, out of Hulkamania. Uh, and then in uh, right now, uh, my favorite uh, fan, uh, my favorite wrestler that I'm a fan of, um, I, you know, I'm gonna put it out there, Brock Lesnar. I, I like Brock. I like, I like the. I, I like didn't see the, that one coming. I know. I like the. I like the. Just. I like what he. I mean. I just like his theme song. I like the the fan reaction. Um, I was on that airplane last year from LA to New Orleans, and I was on the side of the plane that said that was chanting Suplex City. I mean, I. Um, I like Brock Lesnar and, um, there are a lot of other wrestlers that I absolutely like. I like Bray Wyatt. I like Cesaro. I like Kofi Kingston. I like Big E. Um, but for me, um, at the end of the day, um, I like Seth Rollins. Um, I like Brock Lesnar. Holy hell. Well, wait, are, so are we cheering for, uh, Brock Lesnar to retain here at the Mania? So I was actually cheering for Brock Lesnar, uh, last year, uh, WrestleMania, uh, but this year I am. Went, I am. mentioned that you went to WrestleMania 34. Just just for context here, a lot of people don't realize. Um, if if you think this guy is just a fan from the 90s, he's still a fan. He literally went to last year's WrestleMania in New Orleans. So, yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, I've been a fan. I obviously um, was big a big fan in the 90s, and um, you know, my story was I I didn't keep that. Um, same level of fandom um, from, you know, WrestleMania 12 on. I had other things happen. I got older. Life happens. I had some personal things happen. Uh, went to college. Um, obviously needed to find a job. But I stayed a fan. And so um, I appreciate you putting that out there. But yeah, last year I was at WrestleMania 34 and I was chanting for Brock Lesnar. But this go around this year, I'm ready for Seth Rollins. I think he has um, been uh, working his butt off. I uh, not only think that he's been working his butt off, but while I am a fan of Brock Lesnar. Um, I also don't believe that a part-time wrestler, and I'm going to put this out there, I don't think a part-time wrestler needs to be carrying the top mantle for the company. I think that you can have Brock Lesnar, The Rock, or some other part-time wrestler, Batista, Triple H. Um, they don't wrestle year-round, year um, but they are, are still a draw, and they are still a special attraction, but I, I, I it is never, um, and again, I know I'm just one one fan out here that with my one opinion. Um, uh, I, I've always been in disagreement with putting the belt on you know, Triple H, putting the belt on the rock putting the belt on um brock lesnar because i think that they were a draw i mean if it made sense for some reason i think brock's carried the carried it for you know way too long um but uh i'm you know again seth um day in day out um he has more than paid his dues um i want to see him win the belt this year and, and then kofi kingston i mean his push is Absolutely. 10 years 
uh, Kofi Kingston's push is 10 years in the making. And, um, and so I'm just happy that he is getting the push that he's getting now. And uh, I, I, I want to see him uh, win the belt. I like Daniel Bryan. I want to see Kofi Kingston um, win the title. And, um, and so that, I'm putting that out there. So, you, you know, one thing uh, I want to mention that you said, you said, you know, I'm just one single fan. Well, here's the thing. You're not just one single fan. In fact, you're a super fan, one of the original super fans from the 90s. And I, I know you're being humble, man, but like we talked about it. You know, you go right now. I got some browser windows pulled up. I have no less than three Reddit windows right now that are asking the, the same question from a couple of years ago. Bowl cut kid. What happened to him? Case is closed. I found the bowl cut kid. Case closed. The journey, the four year journey to discover the identity of the bowl cut kid fan. And here's the funny part about all of those. A lot of them were people who were not you. <laughs> so a lot of people were claiming to be you. But we have the guy on our podcast, the original super fan, the Rage Face Bowl Cut Kid. Do you want to give us the Rage Face right now? <laughs> That's me with Ultimate Warrior, baby. WrestleMania 12. <laughs> Oh, that's no. the clip I know you from too. Is that in Anaheim, California? But go ahead, Brandon. I cut you off. Yeah, I was gonna say, is it weird, sort of going on the internet and like seeing yourself all over Google? You know, yes. on the it's like what the? That's gotta be a little weirder. Were you cool with it? Like, how did that? I was, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was cool with it. It wasn't weird in a creepy way. It was more surprise. It was more like, wow. Uh, you know, I wasn't trolling Reddit. I wasn't trolling YouTube. And the fact that there was such an interest uh, in the unknown of who this kid was, that was front row or they were always getting the camera for a lot of the big matches that took place in the nineties. Um, you know, for me, you know, uh, a large part of me wanting to be able to tell my story and to be a guest on podcasts was to put to, to rest some myths and misinformation that was out there. People had said that I was related you know was he he must have been related uh somebody put out there yeah i heard his dad was loaded man he was flying him everywhere and it's like i heard that. No, every, every no. single one of those comments i heard that one you were related to somebody backstage so you're mm -hmm. let's clear the air you're not and mm -hmm. two i heard your father was a very wealthy man who was flying you into these shows so I were mean, you the original breath lesnar guy <laughs> we want to know. Ah, yes. <laughs> somebody said. Somebody said. Yeah, he's the original Brock Lesnar guy. Listen, my dad wasn't wealthy. I bonded with my father at wrestling matches. Um, it was a family experience, and uh, and I appreciate Kenny you saying that I'm I'm more than just one fan. But you know, it, I say that because um, you know, I I have one opinion. Um, I wanted to clear the air on uh the misinformation that was out there. My dad wasn't wasn't wealthy. He was just a kid that um went ab above and beyond um to uh put a smile on his kid's face and so and uh, on his son's face and because i was a fan my dad was a fan and so uh so your dad wasn't really a fan of wrestling per se he was just really just taking you there out of love for you he was a fan he was a fan of wrestling but what brought him to the dance was me Gotcha. I was a fan. I was on TV. So then he started watching it. Um, it was a bonding experience for, for him and I, um, I, you know, fell in love with wrestling because of my brother, actually. It just so happens though, as we got older and there's an age difference with my brother and I, he had other interests and he stopped being interested in wrestling and I stayed hooked. Um, you know, I just remember to this day, I can remember it like it was just a, like yesterday, um, WrestleMania six sensational Sherry, um, uh, and, uh, and, the um, 
uh, uh, Macho King Randy Savage on TV, and my brother uh, and I were watching it, and I just remembered the promo uh, and how intense they were and how larger than life they were, and the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, and uh, I remember we got you know, the crowd, you baby, we got uh, something you know, that you don't got, right. You know, and uh, the bad, bad news, uh, bad news, uh, bad news Brown and uh, Roddy Roddy Piper, and just how you know intense that feud was, and uh, the undercard, and so uh, you know, um, I, I stay in so. If you insist on wearing that skirt, you better shave them bony legs of yours. So mm-hmm. I, I got WrestleMania six memorized, yeah. just like you. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and so you know the the the. I was hooked. So my dad was a fan. He was a fan because I was a fan. We bonded, and uh, and so it was just uh, it was a very very happy childhood. But you know he wasn't wealthy. Uh, wasn't you know it was just he was a guy that was just you know uh, willing to put a smile on his kid's face. And so you know I live in Los Angeles, and the first show that we went to pay per view, we had been going to house shows, but the first show we had went to as a pay per view was the Royal Rumble, uh, January of nineteen ninety six in in uh, in Fresno, which is about four and a half hours. Away from Los Angeles, and wow. so it wasn't like we were traveling across the country. I mean, right. it was a four and a half hour drive. It was, you know, the plan was my dad and I were always going to go to WrestleMania 12 because it was in Anaheim, and we had been going to house shows in Anaheim. So, you know, a year prior uh, to WrestleMania 12, when talk had, uh, when the buzz was that WrestleMania was coming to Anaheim, that, that was a given. We were going to go. But then when January came around and, and they were in Fresno, I was like, well, we got to go. Let's go to the Royal Rumble, Dad. And he was he was he was game for that. And so um, that was the start of it. We had been going to house shows and then uh, we had been also going to shows in Las Vegas for an independent company called National Wrestling Council. So they were a small company uh, in Las Vegas. And uh, between L.A. and Las Vegas, because we had family in Las Vegas, we would go to these shows. And my mom would sometimes come along and sometimes she wouldn't. My brother wouldn't really come along because he had he had he had he had gotten older and, and wasn't as you know, wasn't watching it, wasn't a fan uh, like. But he had brought me to it. And so um, you know, there, there are things that a lot of people don't realize. WrestleMania 12, they built it as the ultimate warrior's return. But the ultimate warrior had actually returned a year prior in Las Vegas at the National Wrestling Council. So I had actually seen him a year prior to WrestleMania. 12 in Las Vegas, taking on the honky, the honky tonk man. And so, you know, going to our conversation earlier, Kenny, about other things, and you had said that pretty much wrestling is, is your thing. Um, and there are other things that I'm interested in. I like comics and there are other things that I like for fantasy and for escapism. Uh, and, and I'm, and I'm a fan to this day, but when I was a kid in middle school, I was all wrestling all the time. I was wrestling with the voices and the theme songs and the ring announcements uh, in school. Um, I'd get home after school and my brother would put a, and I was, I was a fat kid growing up. My brother would put a big old star on my belly and called me King Tucumson. That was my wrestling name. And we would, (laughs) we would, we would, we would run around, we would, we would run around the house with my chichis hanging out and this big old star on my belly, like jello. And uh, I had my own theme song, Tucumson, Tucumson. Tukumsa, Tukumsa, King Tukumsa. It was all fantasy. It was fun, and I had all the action figures, and I collected the new the magazine, and I collected the dirt sheets. I had a, I mean, what kid in middle school, um, you know, had the Wrestling Observer and was looking at the dirt sheets because wow, I wanted back to see. Meltzer, back when Meltzer knew what he was saying. Well, and, but and so what was a trip? So what was a trip was, you know, that was back in the time when Raw wasn't live. They would tape a month's worth of episodes. And so they'd have the results for the entire month of Monday Night Raw. So and it would all be there in the dirt sheets, wrestling as Observer. 
I'd go to school and kids were in awe because how did he know the results of what was going to happen? I'm going to get raw. They, yeah, they didn't pre-internet, of course, or pre-popular yeah. internet, I should yeah. say. Yeah. Pre-internet. And so, you know, so, and, and also we, uh, ECW, I mean, I was watching ECW as well. And so any, and, and of course WCW. So I was watching anything that was wrestling. And so January, we went to Fresno, we saw the Royal rumble. My dad and I had the time of our life. Um, of all the pay-per-views that uh, we had gone to, my dad and I, that is the one that I will always look back on as being my most favorite because it was the first one, but because of just how organic everything happened. I mean, we went uh, L.A. to Fresno on a on a small flight, and we were on the plane with the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Wow, uh, that's and crazy. Then we, we land, we land, and we go to the hotel, and you know, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin is walking around. Back then, he was he was still the ringmaster. Um, you had uh, the Godwins, and you had the, the Body Donnas, and Sonny, and Skip, and all these wrestlers are just walking. Around. The British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith, and so to be able to walk up to them with ease and to get their autograph and to take a picture with them and to sit down with them. I mean, the restaurant there at the hotel and just sit down with them. Hey, British Bulldog, can I sit down next to you and Diana? Sit down and, and go get some eggs and come back and, and sit with them. I mean, didn't have to pay for it. It wasn't a go pay to have have a meal with the wrestlers. I mean, it just, it all happened so organically. And, um, and so the following night, um, uh, you know, my dad and I went to Monday Nitro. We didn't do Raw. We went to Monday Nitro. Uh, so where was, was Nitro? Long- where was Nitro? I was going to say. In Las Vegas. Oh, okay. So it just so happens that Monday Nitro was in Las Vegas and the, the following night clash of the champions was also in Las Vegas. So my dad and I did both of those shows and it was, it was just, and to be at Caesar's palace and to see the nature boy, Ric Flair and the macho man, Randy Savage and, um, to the, the, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, so many um, WCW stars and to, um, you know, I, I shared with you my story. I've shared it before about, you know, uh, Chris Benoit uh, hooking up with him at Caesars Palace. He didn't know where the venue was going to be. And he looked at me like if I knew where the venue was. And instead of saying, oh, I don't know, or brushing him off, I, I saw it as an opportunity to be able to, to talk to Chris Benoit. And so I pretend like I knew where I was going <laughs> to walk around Caesars Palace with him. And he and for all I know, Chris Benoit saw, saw, saw what was happening and just played along with it but I clearly, <laughs> it, clearly, it clearly was the blind leading the blind uh and so and i and and and, and, mirac- for, and miraculously there are some like drapes uh at caesar's palace and i have no idea if that's that's where the wrestling show was or not but i just told chris benoit well here it is it is nice meeting you because i'm trying to look for a way to exit out of it without looking like like a bigger idiot than i, than I probably looked at um <laughs> You're like that's the that's got to be the arena at least. So yeah, hey, there's yeah, curtains. Why not? You know, and so and that's crazy, man. That's that's an awesome story. And like, I'm gonna say it because somebody out there is probably thinking it. We're not here to talk about what happened to Chris Benoit later in his life. We're here to talk about what we remember as kids. So don't don't throw that shit out here right now. You know what I mean? Um, that's such a cool story, man. But what, what were you saying? I'm sorry. No, I mean, it's just I just to have just to have those experiences, and so. Um, you know, that's what I've enjoyed so much about being a wrestling fan and, and the fact that it it brings people together, you know? So, um, 
you know, more people more often than not, um, you don't have to bond with your, your father. I mean, your mom, your brother, your sister, friends, it brings us together. And it brought my father and I together and he was my best friend. And uh, it's a childhood that I look back on. He wasn't wealthy. We weren't wealthy. But I wanted to put those myths and rumors to rest uh, when I was invited on to, to, to be a part of a podcast to be able to finally share my story uh, when I was uh, uh, discovered by Classic 90s Wrestling on Instagram. And I want to put a shout out there to, on Instagram to Classic 90s Wrestling because I wouldn't be talking to you right now if it wasn't for that fact that, that in January I'm at work and I'm looking at Instagram and there's me, uh, six different, prof- six different profiles, six different shows. And I was like, what is going on? And all these comments that were put on there, uh, who is this kid? And, and, uh, and, uh, you know, and, and I finally, I, and what's so funny is that I had been on that face of me and that green olive shirt at WrestleMania 12 with that Super right. Bowl, the famous and that one. Yeah. Intense- that major intensity. Um, I had uh, been on some memes on Facebook. And so I used to like, uh, it, it had, they'd have something of current day wrestling. And then on the right, it would be like, and wrestling fans be like, and it had my face as the, as the poster child of the most enthusiastic wrestling fan you can imagine. And, and so I would tell folks, that's me, that's me, that's me, but it didn't gain traction on Facebook, you know, on, well, yeah, on because no, because, because years people ago. probably didn't believe you. They, it was just right. like, you know, people right. were probably like, Oh, who's this jackass? Yeah. Right. But like when, when people probably started looking for you finally and they start, you know, like literally, like if you look, people would take the adult face of whoever it was and they would throw on your kid picture uh-huh. and try to match it up and say like, it could be him. It could be mm-hmm. him. And it's so funny because it's like, it's like downright creepy. Like they were really yeah. trying to like find out who this guy was. And then finally, uh, we find you, man, and, and it seems like you've just embraced it fully, and you're, you've been on a couple podcasts, you've been posting on social media. Man, how does it feel like in your adult life just to like have like this level of like, I don't want to say superstardom, like that might be exaggerating a little bit, but just like, how does it feel, man, to know like that people genuinely cared about you like that? It it it, it made it, it was surprising and it was humbling and it was awesome at the same time. How loyal the wrestling fan base is, how it's allowed me to continue on, um, even though my father's passed away. It's allowed me to continue uh, to enjoy um, the the joy that he brought me um, when I was a kid up until now. Um, I, you know, I've been a fan, but I'm not going to lie. I mean, this since January and in, in, in Instagram and this interest in the Bolka kid, it's now pushed me more into i mean uh, into more and and, and i mean I, w- I was a fan but it's now made me like want to connect with fans even more now and, and hook up with people at shows um people uh i've been connecting with on social media i've been telling them yeah i'm going to an independent show because i've been there's a company called pacific coast wrestling that's out here and they're gonna have a show on friday march the 29th and people are telling me yeah, you're gonna go to that show it'd be great to hook up and just now i mean to be able to talk to you and to brandon before we got on the air and be like yeah if i go to new york man it'd be great to hook up with you for wrestlemania we wouldn't have had that had that post not come up in January, the feeling is, is awesome. I mean, the, the, it's like, it's like, I didn't think much of it. I was a wrestling fan. Uh, uh, when I was a kid, I'm a wrestling fan. And now I just thought time passed, you know, I had some personal things happen. My dad had passed away. I went to college. I got a job. Um, I've stayed watching wrestling. I've been going to some independent shows, but the fact that there were people out there that would, you know, circle my face out at WrestleMania 13, where I was nowhere near, I was nowhere near front row, 
but they, but what, what, but what, but, but what, what got their, what caught their eye was Ken Shamrock putting his hands on me and pushing me away because oh. I was trying to be a part of the action with, he, you know, I was, yeah, he was basically just pushing me away. I mean, he didn't put his hands on me like he was, like I was, uh, but you know, he was like definitely like I was getting too close to to Stone Cold. Like, get and the hell out of the way, kid. <laughs> right, right. And I was just trying to like be a part of part of the action, man. I wanted to be a triple threat match, well, you think, know. I think and that's so, why I think that's why everybody was searching for you because like usually fans, I mean, don't get me wrong, cheer and stuff, but like you were on a different level, man. You were like always so excitable. And I'm sure you you all can hear that in the podcast that he hasn't changed a bit. He's still got that infectious energy, like to the point where I'm going to tell you right now, Brandon and I don't usually have this much energy on the podcast. So it is infectious, man. Like, honestly, like I'm amped up. I don't need any coffee anymore, which speaking of which, thank you. Eat those coffee roasters are our sponsors, by the way. But again, it's just it's so infectious to hear your energy and, and do, you know, to bring it down a little somber, just a little bit. I do want to say, you know, my condolences to you, man, about your father, because from listening to your story about what you said about your father and, and I'm a father to a soon to be two year old. I know for a fact I'd do anything for my daughter and to see her smile and whatever she's passionate about. So I'm going to tell you right now, you know, from my heart to yours, your father was a great, great man. I could tell just from the way you're speaking of him. It's just, he. it sounds like he's a guy who scraped every dollar he needed to to get his son to these events because he loved wrestling so much and he, he saw the passion that you had. And, and yes, I'm getting a little choked up saying it, but your father was a great man. I could just tell, Ben. And I appreciate you, and I appreciate you saying that. And um, you know, we don't realize this until we get older. Um, you know, my dad and I appreciate you saying that, but it really speaks to a parent's love for their child. I mean, it's no different than what you would do to your daughter to put a smile on your daughter's face. It's no different than what my brother would do to my nieces to put a smile on their face. I mean, parents will go, and we and I, again, I you know, I didn't realize this until I got older. We meet friends, we meet acquaintances, and yeah, you may be close to your sibling, but a parent's love for their child. I mean, not, you know, they, they would, they would, they, they would take a bullet for you. I mean, that's just a parent. I mean, a parent's love for their child is if your child uh, diagnosed with a disease, the parent will, will, would be, you know, give me the disease. Cause I want my kid to live, you know, a parent's love for the child is that if the household's strapped for money um, and it, it comes down to who's going to have, who's going to have healthcare, the parents will say, well, let's, let my kids keep the healthcare. Uh, and then we'll just go without that's that, 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 that really, you know, speaks to the love of a parent. And so um, I appreciate you saying that. And, and that's, and that brings up another reason why I wanted to be able to come on um, and talk about my story on your show, um, as well as to the other shows that I did. It was a thank you to my father because um, we had been going to wrestling matches up until when he had passed away. We had been going to house shows. Uh, we went here to the Staples Center in Los Angeles. I was a fan. I just wasn't as excited. I just I could tell you about a show we went to before he passed away, and I I you know it was when there was I think a little bit of a lull um, with um, you know the fact that there were just so many top stars had left. Um, but um, you know it's 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 been a very uh, remarkable, remarkable uh, experience. And so I just appreciate you saying that, Barrow. Of course, man. And, and I mean, we have another person on the, on the podcast here who had a really great father that's no longer with us. So Brandon just want to say that as well. Um, so I'm, <laughs> no, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm just, just saying, I don't want to, I, I didn't want to leave that out there, man. Your dad was an awesome guy who same thing. I, I talked to him at a grocery store uh, shortly before he passed. And the only thing you want to talk about is, is how talented his son was. And how and I told him I agreed a hundred percent. You know what I mean? So let's just you know, two great men that are no longer with us. So just want to say rest in peace to them. Shout out to the fathers of the world. 
<laughs> but anyway, let's let's get it back on a on some some bigger energy here. Let me ask you: Do you realize exactly like how many people are posting about you? Like, do you understand? Like, have you ever seen this? I'm actually curious. Do you know you're on John Cena's Instagram? Are you aware of that? So that came up, I think, a couple years ago, right? Right. Yeah. And so I responded back to him, but he never wrote back to me. <laughs> actually, no, I'm looking at this now. This was April 7, 2018. So this was WrestleMania time last year. You were actually in New Orleans at this time. So, yeah, he posted a picture of you from WrestleMania 12 in, in the same uh, navy green shirt. <laughs> it's kind of crazy, man. It's like I'm talking to a guy that's been on John Cena's Instagram page. <laughs> You know what? I was on I was on his Instagram page. I was all over social media. Um, there were memes that were put out there, and I just think going back to a conversation we had um, before, it's been it's been um, it's just been so just breathtaking and just so eye opening and just so humbling. I mean, the fact that I'm able to um, continue to be a wrestling fan, but it prolongs the joy of that match that my dad and I went to and, uh, WrestleMania 12, that real famous one where I'm known for, I mean, cause I really got in the camera and, uh, when WrestleMania 12 started, my dad had told me, Charlie, get up there, get up there and get on camera, get on camera. And so I'd get up there and I'd get on camera and it started off with, uh, Vince McMahon and Jerry, the King Lawler starting off WrestleMania 12 and I'm in between their shoulders and I'm just screaming. And then I just, you know, and, and, and every time a match would start or a match would end, I would just run to the barricade and I just wanted to get on camera and I wanted to wave and I was just crazy. And I was just, it was just, it was just, you know, I was just having the, the time of my life. And, and, and then all, you know, the ultimate warrior match, I was, I was uh, but the one that I really, I look back on and it was really memorable to me is the diesel undertaker match because uh, because I had the dirt sheets with the wrestling observer, I was, you know, it was before the internet, but I knew that diesel had signed with the WCW. So going into WrestleMania 12, I knew that, you know, razor Ramon, he wasn't suspended. He signed with the WCW and the WWF. Uh, now of course, WWE didn't want him to have the match with gold dust. They gave it to Roddy Piper, but I also knew that diesel was going to leave. And so I kept screaming at diesel during his match with the undertaker. You sold out, you sold out, you sold out. <laughs> And, uh, and if you look back at that now, and I don't know if I'm overthinking it or what, but if you look back at that match now on WrestleMania 12, I wonder if the commentators kind of, they didn't talk as much when I was screaming. I, I wonder if they almost wanted that to be heard on the camera of what I was saying, you know, uh, to diesel. Or, or so, perhaps you were just so loud that they, their train of thought was interrupted every yeah. time they went to talk. <laughs> That could be that 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 could be that could be that could be too. I mean the 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 um the fact that I have had so many memes out there and I've been on social media, um, I just can't you know I just can't I just it speaks to the to the loyalty of of wrestling fans, and I'm just glad to be a fan and um, I'm just you know I, I know you, Kenny had said that I'm more than just a fan and and I appreciate you uh, giving me um, giving me giving me those remarks, but I am here I'm here my dad brought me to those shows, but the memes and the social media is because of the interest that I gave to the wrestling fans because that image and that face brought something. I had people on Instagram telling me they were in the Philippines or they're in Germany or they're in the United Kingdom. And they were telling me that they used to rewind and play, rewind and play, rewind and play uh, the image of me being that crazy wrestling <laughs> matches. Awesome. And, 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 and I, it warms my heart that I was able to not only enjoy the wrestling match myself, but I was able to bring joy to others as well. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, 
it, it's been, it's been just the biggest eye opener. And, um, and so I'm just, you know, it's just been humbling, bro. It really now, I, yeah. Now at the time you were, you're, you know, you're marking out at the shows, did you get to see that footage back like immediately afterwards? So like, did that like play into like, all right, I'm going to make this kind of face, you know, the next time I'm on camera, or was it just sort of an organic sort of thing that just sort of happened? Organic. Organic. I would go back to school after going to a wrestling match and kids in school would say, yeah, so we saw you on TV and I would laugh and be like, that's kind of cool. But I wouldn't like go run and then see, I got to go see myself on TV real quick. Right. I had gone to a show. I had the time of my life. People told me they saw me on TV. That was just me being organic. Um, you know, my birthday's in June. So after WrestleMania 12, I said to my dad, you know, Hey, let's, 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 let's go to the King of the ring, you know? And so, you know, I'm, and my dad was willing to, you know, take his son for his birthday to the King of the ring in Milwaukee. And that was, a, you know, obviously the birth of Austin 316. Austin he was 316. crowned as the King of King of the ring. It was uh, obviously Ahmed Johnson and gold dust. Um, and, uh, I was, and I was a big Ahmed Johnson fan back then. I loved Ahmed Johnson. Um, I loved the Pearl river plunge. Um, can, can we talk about that? Ahmed, people sleep on Ahmed Johnson, but there was a, cha- there was a time period where it looked like he was going to be the first black WWF champion. Yes. Like it, there was a time period where Ahmed Johnson, cause we've had a lot of discussion about Kofi being the first black WWE champion. So it's like, there was a time period where Ahmed Johnson was going to be the it guy. And uh-huh. I don't know what happened. If it was attitude got problems hurt. or he got, yeah, he got hurt with the kidney. He was, supposed to, he was supposed to, he was supposed to have a match with Farouk at the SummerSlam that year in 96. He got hurt. And, um, and so I think and he'd come back, but it's almost like he lost his momentum or, you know, sometimes when somebody gets hurt, it's not always the same when they return because things have changed. Um, but, uh, you know, I was, I was an Ahmed Johnson fan and you're absolutely right. There was buzz that he was going to be the first African-American, uh, champion and he had the look and, um, and so, uh, um, you know, <laughs> You know, you're gonna hate me. You're gonna hate me for saying this, but like when you say he had the look, a joke amongst our friends was like, you know, how quickly can Ahmed Johnson's uh, tights turn into a thong? Because by <laughs> the end of the match, it was just right up there. <laughs> right. But I also, I also like, I also like, I also like the fact that, um, uh, and listen, I'm, I'm, I'm a white male, and I, and I, and I say this because, uh, um, you know, I, I like the fact that the, the, the top, you know, and it started before Kofi Kingston and it started, um, you know, before the rock, but the, the top champion now is starting to look more and more like the fan base of the WWE. You didn't have to be a 24 inch Python white male in order, in order to carry the, the mantle that, you know, Ahmed Johnson was going to uh, be the top champion. And then of course mm-hmm. the rock uh, became the champion to help shatter, you know, that ceiling. And now Kofi Kingston's the champion. Roman Reigns obviously um, is not white. And so I think that's important to evolve as a company and to make it make it be a reflection more of the fan base especially because the wwe has become more global now and so they are doing shows yeah they're doing they're doing shows now not just in you know the united states they're now in you know the middle east they're in australia they're you know and so kudos to uh the wwe for just you know capturing and knowing that it's the right thing to do and to truly be being a global you know organization now i say that because i know it's also a controversial subject i also know there are sensitivities that are associated with that subject but it also speaks to the fact that and i'm just going to put this out there what i another part of the the fantasy and the fandom of why i like being a wrestling fan is that no matter what your socioeconomic status is and no matter what your background is and no matter what your politics is and no matter what are most of the divisive issues that are dividing us as a society we all come together for wrestling 
it's entertainment. And, you know, the fact that the WWE capitalizes a lot of times, like they did with WrestleMania 7, they capitalized on, you know, the Iraq War and having Sergeant Slaughter and how much heat they got for that. But, you know, it brings us together as a fan. I know it's, you know, it can be a controversial topic, but, you know, again, I just, I, I think that that's what I have enjoyed. You look at an arena, you look at a wrestling show, any wrestling show, and look how diverse it is. I mean, it just, it's just, it's just, we, we come together, you know, not just for wrestling, we come together for sports and we come together for, for other things. Um, and that's the, you know, it, 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 we can have, disagree on so many things, but you and I could be in a room talking about wrestling and all bets are off We're you and I are at, we're talking wrestling. You know what I mean? I honestly think that was the most eloquent thing that we honestly, and I'm being so sincere when I say this, that's been said on this podcast. And I think as much as a controversial, a controversial subject as it is, I think I couldn't have said it better myself. Everything you just said, I wholeheartedly agree with to the point where you opened my eyes on, on like, I've never really thought, especially, you know, I'm not white, you know, but I, I haven't realized like, yeah, the champions and stuff like that are so much more diverse than they used to be and why that is because of the global outreach of the WWE now. So, I mean, again, I, I couldn't have put that better myself. So thank you for that, man. I really do sincerely appreciate your opinion. Yeah. You're welcome, brother. You and I can disagree on politics, and we could disagree on so many things, bro. But you and I start talking about what our dream WrestleMania 35 card is. All bets are off. You're not. <laughs> right. We're not talking Brandon. about white privilege. We're not talking about <laughs> politics. Right. We're not talking about immigration. It don't matter. <laughs> who cares, man? I want to know who Undertaker's opponent's going to be. <laughs> Who's his opponent going to be? Finn Balor. Uh, I'm guessing. Are, are we? Are we? Are, are, are we putting? Are we putting? Are we putting money on that? We probably are because uh, I I don't think that there's a if Undertaker's having a match because at this point we don't even know if he is yeah. but if he's gonna have a match there's got to be a reason why Bobby Lashley dropped the title on Raw all right so there's got to be a reason why Bobby Lash or sorry Bobby Lashley Finn Balor dropped that title to Bobby Lashley on Raw there has to be a reason because he was coming hot with the Intercontinental title there's only one match that really makes sense for him to drop that title Ding Ding the Undertaker that's my opinion I'm sticking to it. Just like Ico Pro, you gotta want it, guys. Which, now, by what the way, about- <laughs> which by the way, Charles, you did mention. I wore this for you. I, I just want to show everybody. I, I appreciate that. I'm wearing <laughs> I'm wearing an Ico Pro shirt right now because only true fans will understand. First of all, one of my friends who is a true fan got me this shirt, and I was right. like. I know this guy will understand why I'm wearing an Ico Pro shirt, and you did, so I love you for that. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that. And then one more thing before we segue, all right? You said your favorite wrestler was Bret the Hitman Hart, right? Yes. So I have a a, a little problem with that because of who my favorite wrestler is, all right? Wow, Um, this guy. This this shirt is from when I was (laughs) seven years old, actually. I still have it. I still have it because... What's crazy to think is that I wore this shirt around the same time that you were at like King of the Ring 96 and all of those events. This shirt was on my body watching those <laughs> events. So I you are better. It. You are you are better than me because you kept your stuff from when you were childhood. Right. I should have kept all I should have kept all my stuff from my childhood. Well, you have same... all your toys and stuff. All that stuff's gone. No, no. I got to give a shout out to my parents. It's my yeah. parents that kept all of that stuff. Uh, like we still have all the WWF action figures in their attic. And then I kept this because this is like you're the man. Okay, this means this means a lot to me actually because my parents again same way parents just love their children, right? They went to Atlantic City and they had like a, you know, night to themselves and they come back and they're like, "We got something for you." 
And, you know, we weren't wealthy at all. I'm talking about like a luxury was me having a slice of pizza on Friday night. Like that was mm -hmm. how poor we were at the time. Mm -hmm. And so they came back from Atlantic City and they had this shirt for me. Again, if you're watching the video mm -hmm. version, you'll understand. It's uh, mm -hmm. Shawn Michaels, my favorite wrestler. And uh, they brought that. And I, I, I remember like smiling and crying at the same time. I was so happy. And so. that same image, that same shirt was also on a denim jacket. That same image of Shawn Michaels is on a denim jacket. Right. And I actually had, I actually had all those denim jackets in the nineties. Uh. I know, I know, I know, and all the and and the action figures. People ask me uh, that are collectors; they want to know what do I still have, and I have a very small amount of things that I just over time I held on to all my chairs. So when you went to WrestleMania or the Royal Rumble or King of the Ring or SummerSlam or Survivor Series, um, you, they gave you a chair if you sat within the first four rows. I kept all my chairs. Um, I also at the National Wrestling Council um, in Las Vegas, Rad Radford um, had left the WWE. Um, he was a 90s wrestler and he was a mid Carter, um, but he had wrestled at the show and he was Louis Spicoli and he ultimately had gone to the WCW, but he's at the end of his feet. Yeah, Madonna's boyfriend, and, yeah, and, and, and he's and he's wearing the Madonna's boyfriend tights at the show, and I bought his tights afterwards. I still to this day have his nice. tights. <laughs> oh, no I didn't know your story was going to be about the, the nickname, so I'm really glad that I inserted that nickname right there because I just right. for some reason remembered he used to call himself Madonna's boyfriend, which was kind of funny, man. It's like, can you can imagine I that in today's day and age? Kenny, can I just can I just put this out here real quick? And I'm not trying to minimize. I appreciate the fanfare and being a guest on your show and all that's come with me being discovered, being the Rage Face Bullcut Kid, being on podcasts, um, connecting with wrestling fans, um, and being able to continue on with my own fandom and my own love for professional wrestling. But I, I just want to put this out there. I, yeah, earlier on you had said, "Well, I'm not." When I gave my opinion, and you said, "Yeah, but Charles, you're just saying you're one fan. But you're you're more than just a fan." I, I the reason I'm humble and 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 I and I and I and I've got so much gratitude in my life, and I look at my list of the things I'm grateful for. Um, my, I was very fortunate in my childhood. My parents weren't wealthy, but my dad did anything he could to put a smile on his ch children's faces. He did it for my brother. He also did it for myself. And and I say this just 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 to put this out there, um, and, and this is from my heart. Um, there are there are people out there whose parents didn't have the resources to fly their kid around the country to go to wrestling matches, uh, and it and it doesn't mean that those children were any more or less fans fans than me. It doesn't mean that I was more of a fan just because I just happened to be fortunate enough to have had parents that were that were willing to do that. So I appreciate kind of this. I'm more than just a, an average fan, but there are fans that know way more. There are fans when I think I'm a smart fantasy booker. That I, that I have the recipe for increasing the ratings for Monday Night Raw, and I got the recipe for what's going to be the perfect mess, WrestleMania 35, just when I think I have all the answers, I meet somebody on Instagram who blows me out of the water. Like, what the <laughs> heck was I thinking? And you know what? I met somebody on uh, Instagram whose ideas were fantastic, hadn't been to a single live match. But right. he's a wrestling fan. But hasn't, hasn't been to one show. And they live, in, they live in New York. They just haven't been to one show. And so... I, I just put that out there, bro. Just, just, just to share with you a little bit more about me and about my story and about and about who, and about who I am. I was very fortunate as as, as a kid. Um, and the more I'm talking to you, the more I want to go to WrestleMania in three weeks, man. So I think <laughs> I think when I wrap up with you, bro, I'm gonna go online and I'm gonna get some airline tickets. And I already got the time off of work. My boss was gracious enough to give me the time off of work because my know. boss. 
my 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 boss i shared with the, I, I shared with them i share with my boss my love for wrestling because i'll i'll uh i'll uh i'll be at work and he'll tell me to do something and i'll respond back let me tell you something brother this is what we're gonna do instead <laughs> good brandon go ahead with your hogan impression brandon <laughs> let me tell you something brother bull cut Cade. he's gonna find a way wherever it takes to make it to I want to know. I want to know who's the fourth man. Who was in the limo? There's a fourth <laughs> man. Ray Mysterio says there's a fourth man. Who is it? Uh, yeah, man. fourth man. Yeah, no, I, won't, I, won't, I won't do a no. man. Mine's horrible. Who's the fourth? Who's the fourth man? You know, NWO got too big. I can go on and on and, and with you about you know how things <laughs> should have been. Your energy, and, man. You're such a fan. Yeah. Oh, hey, man. I mark out, bro. I'm not going to lie. I mark out easy. I mark and I... Uh, I'm going to give you a spoiler. We can tell from the footage of um, you at WrestleMania 12. <laughs> yeah, we can tell that you mark out a little bit. Just a little bit, bro. Uh-huh. But honestly, honest to God, and I mean this when I say this, we need more fans like you, man, because it, it's not about like... it's. I'm like, I'm looking at you right now. I promise that you don't believe that wrestling is real. Am I correct in saying that? Yes. But it doesn't matter because talking to you, it seems like it's real, right? Like uh-huh. we talk about these things like they're fantasy bookings and we we act like this is real life. There's too many gatekeepers nowadays where they're just they can't have fun with professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. I'm so critical of that. You listen to some of these other podcasts, you listen to other people, and they're always like, This storyline doesn't make sense. I don't like this, I don't like this. And it's like it's almost like, okay, I be critical, it's fine. That's how we are as human beings. But like at the end of the day, still be that little kid, still still be that bowl cut kid. That's right. sitting in the front row watching that event and remember what you felt at that time. I'm still that kid that loved Shawn Michaels in 96, yes. 97. And, you know, even though I can get disgruntled and Brandon's heard me like vent on this podcast, at the end of the day, I'm still going to watch because I'm a wrestling fan. Right. Wholeheartedly. So, I mean, I think that's the biggest takeaway we could take from this podcast is we're all fans here, except Brandon. Brandon hates professional <laughs> wrestling, I'm pretty sure. But, <laughs> Charles, I did want to say, um, we do. I did pose uh, some questions online. I said, "Hey, do you want to ask the bowl cut kids some questions?" So I got a couple for you here. If you're, if you want to answer them, would you be? Would you be down I, I, I to wanna, do that? I want to. I, I want to answer them, but be, let me answer. Let me say something before I lose my train of thought. Is uh, go ahead, go ahead. That we all we all need to be more like the bowl cut kid. It's like I don't know why people do that differently when it, when i say that i mean what that what you're speaking of right now they do it differently with wrestling they don't do it with movies or anything else i mean you and i can go enjoy a movie and we're not going to be overly critical of the movie about oh that doesn't make sense that guy missed every single bullet he should be dead now i'm walking out this is a, we sit and we enjoy the movie i don't know why people don't do the same with with no, wrestling i mean somebody gets up right when triple H. You know, somebody gets up right when Triple H smacks them in the cranium with a with a with a with a with a sledgehammer, and they just get up. Oh yeah, a little groggy. He just got smacked over the sledgehammer. You you enjoy it. It's wrestling. I mean, there are things that I want to see differently, but you know, I'm not in control. I mean, I was frustrated that Braun Strowman's tag team partner last year was a ten year old kid. Then I'm at. <laughs> I but love then, Nicholas. I was afraid no, of that. <laughs> but you know what made sense to me? Do you know what made sense to me? Right. I'm at the airport explaining, sharing that with another uh, dude that had gone to see wrestling, uh, and I shared it with him. And he said to me, he said, "Yeah, but there are things that make sense, and there are things that make money." Right. So I love that. I love that. And first of all, dude, 
I know you haven't listened to the episode, so I know you're not just buttering me up, but there's literally an episode. Ask Brandon. I say the same exact thing you said, which is you don't go into a movie. You don't go to a Marvel movie and say, what the hell? That's not real. He can't really fly. You can't do Hulk these can't things. fly can't around. Do- Why is Hulk right. flying around? I want my money back. No, right. you sit down and you get entertained and you enjoy it. Right. And and that's exactly it. And that's the exactly the point that I made. And it really makes me happy to know that there is someone out there that feels the same exact way, which is like, guys, just have fun with professional wrestling. We can be critical, but don't get so critical of it that you forget to enjoy the show. Mm -hmm. That's awesome, man. Really? Seriously. I respect the hell out of you now. (laughs) Not that I I didn't before, but holy crap. I have an I have an opinion on every single match that's been booked on for for and I appreciate you. Thank you for saying that, Kenny. I have an opinion on every single match for WrestleMania 35. You know, Seth and Brock, I, I wouldn't have done that differently. I don't I would have not done the triple threat for Rousey, uh, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte. I understand why they're doing it because all three of them have so much heat right now and so much, so much, so much, uh, so much following, and there's and there's so much. But I would have gone with either Rousey versus Becky Lynch or Rousey versus Charlotte. I wouldn't have done the triple threat. But you know, Shane and Miz, I have an opinion on every on 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 on, but at the end of the day, I'm still gonna enjoy WrestleMania 35. You know, uh, I, you know, I, I, a part of me, uh, feels for the guy that's been busting their butt to, you know, uh, almost every night. Um, and then you look at WrestleMania, which is supposed to be the, the showcase of the reward of all their hard work for the previous year. And how many people don't have matches right now who might go into the Andre battle Royale. And you have to think about just how much of the shows already consumed by folks that just don't wrestle year round, but Tista and triple H, they don't, you know, they don't wrestle year round that they, but they have a match. Kurt angle. He has, to have his retirement match because when else is it going to happen if it's not at WrestleMania? You have uh, you have uh, Shane and Miz. Shane obviously has been wrestling more, but I'd still say he's not a full time wrestler. Um, and so you so then you think about you know Braun Strowman and Finn Balor and uh, Dolph Ziggler and Cesaro and so many other. But it all, you know, I'm still going to enjoy WrestleMania 35 because while I, you know, I like Bray Wyatt, I'm hoping he returns at WrestleMania 35. While there are other stars that I like, I am fulfilled knowing that that they are elevating Kofi Kingston, um, you know, that that they are kind of because of Kurt Angle wanting to retire this year and WrestleMania is the place to do it. Um, and uh, and so, you know, it, but it speaks to what you said. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to not be critical. I'm not going to be that fantasy booker that's inside of me. I'm going to sit there. I'm going to enjoy the show. Do I think they need to return the money in the bank? Because it was perfect. Money in the bank was a perfect WrestleMania match because it was for those seven folks who didn't have a storyline, but they they deserved to be right. on the card. But they deserve to be on the card and be elevated into superstardom, essentially, because you put it on somebody who's going to be a future world champion. So at least at the end of WrestleMania, you said, here's the guy that won the world title. Here's the next world champion going forward. Yes, absolutely. So I agree. I, I, I loved I loved the money in the bank uh, being at WrestleMania. I hate the, I hate pay-per-views that have like the name right there. So money in the bank, elimination chamber, hell in a cell, because you do things like that. It forces it. It forces them to have a money in the bank pay-per-view. It forces an elimination chamber match that may not make sense because if you a hell in a cell originally came up with Shawn Michaels and undertaker as a way to end their feud. Now it's like you have a hell in a cell match that just so happens to be, you know, placed in October or December or whenever it is. And so you have to have a couple of hell in a cell matches. So I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. Right. It kind of it kind of made more sense in the '90s uh, or end of the '90s, early 2000s, and that. Just have it be have it be a have it be a 
and have it be and have it be a special attraction instead of having the hell in the cell every October. I mean, you have it come around every so often to really end a feud or to add something more to a feud. So that like, you know, the elimination chamber, I think is another, another example. It's like that came up before it was its own pay-per-view. It came up because it, there was a purpose behind it. we got to find a number one contender, but now that it, they know they're going to have it every February, they have pretty much made that the, you know, the contingency the, plan almost for mania. Right. And which doesn't, which doesn't really, I don't, so, and, you know, again, I'm a fantasy booker and, and we all have opinions and you have opinions and I'm sure a part of you, um, uh, I know a part of you is a, is a big fantasy booker. Um, you know, I just don't, you know, I think there's just too many paper. I think you sh- they shouldn't have two pay-per-views between the Rumble and WrestleMania. I think they should move the, Ru- the Royal Rumble up um, because of the fact that they have so many shows now. I think um, back in the day, it may have made sense to have J- uh, January be the Royal Rumble month. And then WrestleMania was going to be in late March or early April. But that was back. like That came up in the 80s and the 90s. Well, we're now in 2019 and they have way more shows and way more stuff. And stories aren't prolonged like they were it was easier to have a story start at SummerSlam and then continue on to wrestlemania the following year you they don't have that luxury anymore because they have so much tv time and so many stars and and there's so much so much content out there and so um you know they have two pay-per-views between the rumble and wrestlemania uh the elimination chamber um i don't think the champion should be defending at the elimination chamber before wrestlemania if anything the winner of the elimination chamber should should get the other number one contender spot. So if you're if you win the Royal Rumble, they, if you're Seth, usually yeah. they've done that, mind you. I'll, I'll I'll I will defend them in that sense and say usually what they'll do in the other elimination chamber or the elimination chamber pay per view is say okay whatever title that the Rumble Rumble winner didn't select this is how we find our number one contender. But I agree with mm-hmm. you and, and it come a little bit convoluted in the past couple of years where you know they have the WWE champion challenging, but at the same time I'm like eh. but it did they did so well with Kofi this year in the elimination chamber that I'm almost like, I almost don't want to critique it a little bit too much. Right. No, you're right. It's easy to get in that trap. It's easy to overly critique and to do the things that we're, that's because we're passionate. Look, it's because we're passionate at the end of the day. And I can respect that coming from someone like you, because I know at the end of the day, you're going to be watching WrestleMania 35, but it's the people that are, are say that look, it's just a slight tweak. There's people who say the things that you say, and then they say, well, fuck the WWE. I'm not going to watch WrestleMania. Okay. So why are you even having this opinion? I don't respect your opinion because right. ultimately you just want to be negative to be negative, right? right. So there's a, it's just a small little thing. It's not that we're, you know, you can't be critical. It's that you can't get to such an extreme that everything everything is in the WWE is wrong and only watch New Japan guys. Right. But anyway, yeah. Let's get to these questions before before we go off air, guys. This has been such a good conversation. I don't think y'all realize it's already been about an hour here. Um, but here, I'm, here's hope, I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping you'll have me back on at some point. Hundred percent, we got it. Oh, we yeah. we absolutely have to. I mean, like, look here, me and Brandon, we didn't even discuss that. We're like, yes, we're gonna have you back on. Hmm. Um, honestly, this has been a very very fun episode. I mean, look, right now, I'm gonna. And if the, if the three of us are in New York together, then we're definitely gonna have a a New York stream. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Kenny, for your thoughts. Yeah, we'll stream we'll live a, on the on the podcast Instagram. Edition. <laughs> well then, and then what we'll do is what we'll do is we'll start filming live, and then we'll go to WrestleCon, and we'll find other wrestlers to hound. <laughs> Dude, Just incredible! I want my Aldo Montoya outfit. <laughs> yeah, can we talk about that? <laughs> Just incredible owes you an Aldo Montoya Montoya outfit, right. so yeah. he's supposed to mail that to you. And I'm gonna go ahead and, and 
put that in the air right now. Just yes. incredibly, you got heat with me because he needs that outfit. <laughs> anyway, I've been waiting 15 years, 14 years for the thing. I'm sorry, Lord. I get you a yellow jock strap. You can put it on your face. <laughs> but here, here we go with the question. 23 right? years. Uh, right? 23 years. <laughs> so we have a uh, Sam 12 Sultan, uh, and his question is: What is your favorite era in wrestling? My favorite era in wrestling, without question, is the. Uh, I'm trying to figure out when to call it because there's been debate as to when the Attitude Era actually started. Um, my I favorite would say era, 97 when he did the like he did an official announcement that like things have become passe. We're gonna be edgier. So like he flat out said that in like a November 97, I think. So I actually think he said that, and this is your show, but I think he said that in January, the begin after New Year's of January of 98. Vince McMahon came out and said that the WWE is going to be a little different. We're going to be a little bit like yes. Jerry Spear. Yeah. We're going to be a little bit of this. November, November 97 yeah. is the screw job. So that's, yeah, it was November 97, the, November 97 is the screw job. Obviously December um, uh, in your house that year, December 97 uh, yeah, in your house yeah. DX. Um, and then after new year's, they, they started the attitude era, but it was for me um, that was yeah, that for that to me was my, uh, favorite era that 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 beginning of ninety eight, um, and so it There's was just consensus. Every guest that we have that we kind of ask that question, the the general consensus, and I'm I'm kind of surprised even to hear that from you because you know you're more known for your the footage of of the mid nineties and new generation era, but even you are saying attitude era, so that's awesome. Yeah, so the nineties were was in general. I love wrestling in the nineties. Uh, when I was uh, uh, you know going to the shows and. Oh, uh -oh. no, no, uh oh, no, oh, no, come back it's, to us. It was going good. Dang it. Going so good. Uh, I'm back. Right. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. All all right, cool. All yeah. Good. We were freaking oh. out for a second. So let's just start it kind of like, yeah, we were like, oh no, <laughs> just, I guess start from like the nineties in general. Yeah. Good. No. The 90s, I mean, it was all must-watch TV, but I just think about the Attitude Era because Monday Night Raw, um, why I liked that era was because you would start the beginning of Monday Night Raw, and how they did it was when you start when you, when you were like five or ten minutes into Monday Night Raw, they had it to where they hooked you. So you were going to stay for the entire show. Now, I don't think it's the same way. They started off, it's a different style now. Uh, no, it's I a think, cold open now. It was a, it was a hot open pyro. You would like to really tune in. It it was different. It was very different. This is this is embarrassing, but it's saying my phone's overheating, and it's I mean I'm going to be disconnecting again. <laughs> no, it's all good. Let's we'll figure it out. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no worries. I'm sorry, brother. No, no worries. Oh yeah, I think you cut it out again. All right, guys. Well. So unfortunately, uh, Charles's phone has overheated because he was given such fire answers to all of our questions on the podcast that his phone flat out, I, I swear to God, flat out told him that it was overheating <laughs> and uh, it was going to shut off. So um, I guess, look, fate as it is, that just means we have to have him back on on the podcast. Right. We got to do a part two with the bowl cut kid because I don't know about you, but I've never enjoyed a podcast episode as much as this one, Brandon, because we, we were just hanging out listening to all his answers, man. He's got the passion, bro. He was bringing the fire, the flame, the fury. Now I'm curious to hear the rest of the answers to those questions. So it, it, I mean, yeah, it's to the point where, you know, up, yeah. 
exactly. We're the host of this damn podcast, and and we're like, man, I want to hear the, the answers to the questions. Um, but hey, look, fate is as it as it is, and it's pretty cool, man. It's honestly pretty cool. But I did want to thank you all for listening to episode twenty seven of the Kenny for Your Thoughts podcast. Be sure to give us a thumbs up uh, on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube. Hell, uh, cut, cut a bowl cut. Haircut. Right. <laughs> cut your hair Send into a bowl yeah. cut. Um, if I don't gel this, it's pretty much a bowl cut, guys. Um, <laughs> but go ahead and give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Um, follow us on social media. I haven't said that in a while. I mean, our, our social media is blowing up since we've talked about social media this whole episode. Follow us on Instagram um, at a Kenny Fears Us Podcast. On Twitter at Kenny Podcast, our Twitter, Brandon, we have like 1,100 followers now, which is it's kind of crazy. Our Twitter's growing super, super fast. Um, follow Brandon at World <laughs> underscore Record underscore Brandon. That's his official Instagram handle, guys. You know, if you're looking for something a little more erotic, you know, maybe <laughs> you know you follow you follow World Record Brandon. And guys, sincerely, I do want to thank Charles Lyon. Uh, the bowl cut kid, because this has been an amazing, amazing episode, guys. I mean, it's to the point where, um, like, just, just honestly, I mean, his energy is infectious. He's a great guy, and I don't think we could have had a better guest on this podcast. We, we honestly couldn't, and uh, it was worth the wait because we had some technical difficulties, but it was worth the wait as I knew it would be. Things happen for a reason. So with that, we want to say thank you for listening to episode 27 of the Kenny Free Thoughts podcast. And good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.